This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. Have you got the answer? <laughs> Tell us more about PMQs. I'm, I'm sure the Prime Minister knows the answer. Prime Minister. The Prime Minister does have a lot of answers to give, but this was actually a mix-up at the start of PMQs caused by Conservative MP Andrea Jenkins apparently being on mute over Zoom. The technical hitch meant Labour's secure Starmer stepped up slightly earlier than planned, but he was clearly well prepared, beginning with those claims that Boris Johnson had said he'd rather let the bodies pile high than have a third lockdown. Can the Prime Minister tell the House categorically, yes or no, did he make those remarks or remarks to that effect? Prime Minister. No, Mr Speaker, and I think what... I think. Uh, the, the right honourable gentleman is a, is a lawyer, I'm given to understand. I think uh, that if he's going to repeat allegations like that, uh, he should come to this House and substantiate those allegations and say, and say where he heard them. A clear, unequivocal denial from the Prime Minister then, given in the House of Commons. We may not have heard the last of this one, though. The House will have heard the Prime Minister's answer, and I remind him, the Ministerial Code says, and I quote, Ministers who knowingly mislead Parliament will be expected to offer their resignation. I'll leave it there for now. Turning to another issue, who, who, there'll be further on this, there'll be further on this, believe you me. And if that's not enough of a threat of a coming storm, just before PMQ started, the Electoral Commission announced it's mounting a formal investigation into whether Boris Johnson's lavish Downing Street redecoration broke the law. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, joins me now. And Joe, you're back in our Westminster office, surrounded by all those noisy journalists, presumably talking about PMQs, which was pretty boisterous itself, wasn't it? There is only one subject. And yes, boisterous is the word for Prime Minister's questions. We saw the Prime Minister um, looking more rattled, I think, than most people can remember seeing him. Although, I have to tell you, my personal reaction, which may sound jaded, is that I was seeing a prom- politician who was quite hamming up the anger. And I think there's a good reason for this, because... There is a calculation, possibly, that voters will admire passion and not think too carefully about what it is he's not saying 
And of course, what he didn't say was who initially paid for this lavish Downing Street refurbishment with wallpaper allegedly had £100 a roll. Some people who will be thinking about this very carefully, though, are those in the Electoral Commission who have announced a formal investigation into it. The Electoral Commission put out a statement today that really was a bombshell. They said, we've been in contact with the Conservative Party since late March. And we are now satisfied that there are reasonable grounds to suspect that an offence or offences may have occurred. Now, this is enormously damaging for the Prime Minister, potentially, because although he's not the accounting officer at the Conservative Party who might be, um, you know, strictly held liable for any breaches of the law, um, he is the leader of the Conservative Party and therefore he will be held responsible in the eyes of everybody for running the party. But most importantly, this whole matter revolves around something that is purely personal and not political with this Prime Minister, which is redecorating a flat that was in perfectly good working order when he moved in. There was nothing wrong with it. Apparently, he, according to reports, I should say, he and his fiancée considered it to be a John Lewis nightmare in terms of the decorations. You and I probably quite like John Lewis, David. Uh, Apparently, not everyone does. I have to admit, I'd love a bit of John Lewis in the house. But what's really interesting about this is that this saga has actually been going on for quite a while now, but it hasn't seemed to have penetrated outside the Westminster bubble until John Lewis got mentioned. Now everybody's interested in it. Does this now have the potential to actually damage the Conservative Party? It's funny, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, rules, schmules, can we really follow that? But if they find out that uh, uh, somebody's claiming the Prime Minister's looking down his nose at things that other people find aspirational and rather smart, then suddenly their mood might change. There isn't a huge amount of evidence that the mood is changing At the moment, um, our poll by Ipsos Mori earlier this week found that a lot of the fundamentals like the satisfaction score for the government was pretty stable. In fact, there was a little sign that Keir Starmer's having trouble in his backyard among Labour supporters. But this has dripped on for quite a long time. And with the Electoral Commission investigation is happening, at the same time, uh, the register of ministerial interests is being updated as we speak, and a new advisor was appointed today, Lord Guite, a former private secretary to the Queen, no less, um, who is going to put his stamp on what has to be declared. In my opinion, they're going to have to declare that an interest was uh, involved in this, which basically means a belated admission. And finally, the House of Commons is going to be looking at whether the Prime Minister abided by the obligation on him as a backbencher to declare within a month if he had a financial interest that should be declared. At the heart of all these questions is whether Lord Brownlow, a wealthy Conservative businessman who was put in the House of Lords in 2019, gave £58,000 to the Conservative headquarters, earmarked to pay the bills, or some of the bills, for this uh, Louis XIV-style redecoration of the Prime Minister's living room. It seems that the Prime Minister has paid the bills himself, as he keeps saying. The question is, was there a period when Lord Brownlow had paid the bills and Lord Brownlow hadn't been paid back and that the Prime Minister of the day was under an obligation to that individual. 
So if the Electoral Commission did find against the Prime Minister, what happens? In effect, he'd be given a censure by the House of Commons for breaching his duty to declare it. The purpose of those watchdog rules are so that we can know if the Prime Minister is under any sort of favour, obligation to people outside or under any payment. He'd also probably have broken the ministerial code because the Register of Ministerial Interests has been delayed, probably delayed, because they were uncomfortable about how to, how to declare or not declare this. However, the Prime Minister himself is the arbiter of the code, so you wouldn't expect any very strong action there. And then finally, the Electoral Commission is looking into whether the 2000 law, which requires political parties to openly list donations made, uh, if that was broken, it would be more than embarrassing. It would be a breach of the law. And the Prime Minister of the day would be held accountable, at least by the public. And just finally, Joe, you spoke earlier about how you thought Boris Johnson was giving a calculated performance at PMQs. I wonder if the same thing could be said about Sir Keir Starmer, who had that moment of drama when he asked the Prime Minister about this alleged let the bodies pile high quote. Boris Johnson denied ever saying it quite strongly in the House of Commons. And then Sir Keir simply said, I'll leave that there. Does the Labour Party have something else on that? This is a great question which we have to put to Labour today. Sir Keir Starmer left it hanging there. The implication was he knows something's about to come out. And I think everybody's mind was racing. What does he know? Has he got a hotline to Dominic Cummings, who's got, uh, according to some rumours, piles of documents and maybe even recordings of the Prime Minister speaking? Or does he have a source who's going to go on the record about this quotation, which has been apparently reported by multiple people, who none of whom have been named, and some of whom give slightly different versions of it? I think this is potentially a really hot potato, because the one thing the Prime Minister denied very clearly today was saying those words. If it turned out he did, that would cause huge problems. There's more from Joe and our politics team at standard.co.uk. Follow our live blog to keep up with latest developments. And also, check out our London Rising event. That started with Tony Blair being interviewed by Evening Standard editor Emily Sheffield, which you can watch on demand now. Tomorrow at midday, it's former England rugby captain Lawrence Delalio speaking to our sports editor James Major. And I'm especially looking forward to photographer Missan Harriman speaking to our arts editor Nancy Durrant. He's the man behind that picture of Harry and Meghan announcing her second pregnancy. It's all free. Just go to londonrising.standard.co.uk. And that's the leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.